Hello and welcome to Get Involved Referee with Des Roach and Steve Conroy and myself, Lindsay Heron, on what's, well, a huge week in Scottish football, the big Old Firm Derby this Sunday at Ibrook Stadium. A chance for Celtic to extend their lead or a chance for Rangers to draw level. We'll discuss the man in the middle for the big game. We'll also look back at the the key stats in the Rangers-Celtic matches since uh, Rangers came back into the top division. And we'll look back at three of some of the more explosive encounters of this remarkable derby. Well, lads, we know the man in the middle is going to be Willie Collum. A good decision, Steve. Do you think he's the man to to handle this occasion? Probably the, well, there's no probably. He's the most experienced uh, guy we've got. So none of this is going to come um, as any surprise. To him, so he, he knows how to how to handle it. I think he, he's had a couple of um, we, we've discussed a couple of maybe debatable decisions that, that he's made of late, but I certainly think that he won't be over odds, so it won't get away from him. So, and with, with it being potentially so explosive and so important, I think it had to be um, somebody of, of uh, Willie's ilk to handle this one. That's it, uh, Des, isn't it? You need someone, a safe pair of hands, if you like. You couldn't, you probably wouldn't want to put in someone who's lacking in experience of this particular game. No, I think with the game at this stage of the season, with it being so close and potentially having a massive say in, or maybe as I said, potentially a title decider, mm. uh, you can't take any risks. Well, he's been there for a number of years. He's taken this game on board. I couldn't tell you how many times, but it's certainly, certainly a few. I think tellingly as well, he's not been around the old firm for the past couple of weeks. So it may have been that they were just taking out the limelight, take away from any potential controversy and obviously allowing him to, to take the match of this weekend. Is that the way they do things, Steve, a little bit? You know, look at the, the recent form and, uh, you know, some of the other refs have been involved in a bit of controversy. I think that is how they uh, how they work things. So it, it makes sense to, to keep you away from anything potentially uh, harmful leading up to this so it, it makes sense that he's not been doing anything too um, and no disrespect to what he has done he hasn't done anything too high profile in the, the coming weeks just so he's not coming into this with any more baggage than he needs to Of course he was supposed to do the earlier the, the, the second game wasn't he Des it was called off uh, when the, the winter break was changed so he was already in line to do one of these games. I think Willie will always be in line to do one of these games. At the top end in elite refereeing within within our own country, we've only really got four young referees candidates that can do this match. So you've really got to sort of manage it. It's like a player, you're looking for someone who's in form, someone who's not got a, a target in the back. I think the controversies recently around John Beaton up at the Celtic Dundee United game and also Bobby recently at the Dundee Rangers game, I think that it potentially would be flared up um, so Willie just floating along young Nick Walsh who I think is a, a very good young referee his time will come he's already done one which was almost a bit of a gimme last year so he may be trusted one with later on this year but yeah I think Willie's the Willie's the correct appointment for this match and he did prove Steve um, not too long ago that uh, you know an early decision he'll make it with that red card at, uh, at Fur Park remember absolutely and I don't think that anybody could say that uh, the Willie will shirk any big decisions. If he sees it, uh, whether it's the first second, whether it's the last second, he'll, he'll call it as he needs. That's absolutely no doubt. So, as I said earlier on, he's certainly not going to be overawed and he won't be uh, letting this game get away from him. I know you spoke before about your one and only um, Old Firm game and uh, obviously an amazing experience for you, but Willie's a bit of a seasoned veteran now. Will he just uh, take this in his stride? Will he be feeling the butterflies as well? 
well, everybody's different. And, you know, if you believe some of our colleagues, some of them say that they don't get nervous for, for any game. I find that very hard to believe. And I've talked about it before, but just the whole experience in, uh, involved in doing the doing the derby game. Uh, and I would be absolutely staggered if anybody, no matter how experienced, wasn't feeling nerves um, already. Um, and if, if he is... If he does have nerves of steel like that, then he's, he's a completely different beast for me. You need nerves in any kind of sporting activity, whether you're a referee, whether you're a player. It's about how you control them. You've got to get yourself built up for this game. You've got to be ready to go from minute one to minute 90. So it's a it's a, it's a controlled anxiety. But see, Willie's done it before. Having worked with Willie previous things, Willie's up for every game. He's very on point, I think, shall we say. Uh, so I don't see it being any different for, for this weekend. You mentioned you worked with him before then. So what's he like as a, a team leader with, with the two assistants uh, and the fourth official? He's very demanding. He gives his instructions before the game. I've been with Willie in SPL game, Premier League games. I've also seen him, worked with him when I was assistant at, at lower league games. It's always the same, 100 miles an hour. He's always looking for questions. He's asking you all the time, what, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Well, you're the referee, you're making decisions here. Um, but yeah, nice enough guy, very quite a quiet guy don't think he um, he's got a small tight knit family or large family he's got a number of young children um, no he's just very focused on his refereeing and very demanding of himself and of others Is that important Steve in this game you know that, that you utilise your team to the best of your ability? Absolutely it's, it's a game and we've seen some clips in the past few weeks it's a game where everybody's uh, going to be involved and everybody's got their, their, their role to play um, and just as Dad said, uh, Dad said um, you knew exactly where you were with uh, when Willie uh, was on. But abs- everybody will be called upon in, in this game. And well, hopefully it will pass without incident. But I can imagine with the, the importance of this one that everybody's going to have to have their eyes peeled. Well, let's take a look at some of the, the stats in relation to um, the, this particular fixture since Rangers can back up to the top division. And um, some people may be surprised. No, it's not a penalty to Rangers. Uh, <laughs> the stats say, Steve, that uh, Celtic have had six spot kicks to Rangers one uh, since 2016-17. That's quite surprising, I think. Yeah, I, I was surprised by that as well. Um, certainly when you see some of the Facebook things going about about penalty to Rangers. <laughs> but I think it, it probably reflects on the fact that up until last season, Celtic were in the ascendancy. Um, and I, I think they were miles ahead of Rangers. That, that changed last season, obviously. But I think if you're if you're attacking much more than uh, than the other team, then chances are you can end up getting uh, many more penalties. But yeah, I, still, I, I was surprised at that stat. So it's simply not a case that there's a conspiracy theory for Celtic then, Des? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> absolutely not. There's, there, is, there is never any conspiracy theories that, that are, can hold up. Referees just see a decision. They do not, if, if you can see a team and go, I'm going to favour one team ahead of the other, then you're a, you're, a, you're a better man and a better referee than I could ever be. You see it in a split second and you give it to back up what Steve said there. If you're a better team, you're going to be in the opposition's penalty area a lot, lot more. The propensity and the chance for a foul to occur against you because you're going at them is going to be higher as well. So, surprised at the start, 6-1, I've got to admit, is a bit bit surprising. But um, I think that's the, the justification for it and not any conspiracies. And, and the, funny, well, the funny thing, the ironic thing, is the only one that Rangers got Morelos missed in the League Cup final. So that was a rather important one. Yeah, quite, quite, quite important. 
The other thing about the cards as well, Steve, it's fairly even in terms of uh, red cards and yellow cards. So, you know, it's fairly equitable. No real sort of difference there between the two sides, Steve. Yeah, no, I, I think certainly in the past couple of years, um, I, I don't think that discipline has been too much of an issue for either side. So I, I'm certainly not surprised that there was relatively so few and I'm certainly not surprised that they, uh, they were uh, much the same as each other. Because um, certainly in the, the past few years, they've, they've actually both been, uh, they've actually both been all right. Yeah, I've just looked at six red cards for, for Rangers, Dez, and four for Celtic, so not much in it, really, in the last sort of five, six years. No, there's, there's not much in it at all. And if we go back to the previous point about Celtic potentially being on the, the more attacking foot, Rangers are going to be challenging a wee bit more and potentially the, the, the risk for an extra red card. But no, it's, it's pretty equitable. What I would say is the, the players have changed dramatically over the last few years. But the passion, that will be drilled into them all week. You may be coming from another country or another league, but you can guarantee that the the Rangers-minded and the Celtic-minded players within each dressing room, they will have it drilled into their teammates what this means. And as soon as they hear that atmosphere, as soon as they walk out into it, I mean, we've, we've all seen it. Players just losing their head and doing crazy, crazy things. So the, while, the, while the players have changed, the passion and the heat of the derby, that, that doesn't go. Well, that brings us rather nicely to uh, to sort of a look back at some of the more explosive uh, derbies of recent times. And, well, I don't want to tempt fate and say we're just about due one, lads, because the, the first two have been uh, a walk in the park. But uh, let's go back, first of all, to, to 1999 and the infamous one at Celtic Park. And the circumstances, of course, were, were quite explosive, Steve, because it was the first time that Rangers could go to Celtic Park and win a title. So there was so much emotion and anxiety as well as passion about that one. Absolutely. That was a completely different world, it seems, to, to the one that we're, that we're living in now. Um, that that just nuts everything about it. Um, and you know, a particular incident in, in that one was the making of somebody. But it, it does seem like, and it was a long time ago, but it seems a lifetime ago um, with just everything that, went, uh, that was involved in that game. It really was quite crazy, Des. And you talked about players coming from different countries get involved in the passion and losing the plot and then <laughs> Stefan Mahi is a perfect example of that I mean he was booked and sent off inside the first half an hour I think Stefan Mahi I remember watching I, I wasn't refereeing anywhere near that time so I was just watching football as a, as a general football fan but I think every day every day in the crowd every day in the home at TV could think He's not going to last 90 minutes. In fact, <laughs> he'll be lucky if he lasts 45. He was overwhelmed that day and it was quite obvious. His discipline level wasn't there. He could see the red rag in front of him, his eyes, he was bulging. That, as Steve said, it was such a different era that we live in now. And I think I've used the word before as well. Football's far more sanitised. Um, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying we don't, but I'm not expecting it uh, this weekend. I think it'll be a, a wholehearted challenging match but um, I think maybe not so much of the much of the dramatics You touched on it already Steve but of course the you know the the, set, the terrible moment where Hugh Dallas is hitting the head blood pouring from uh, from a wound in his head and the game stopped and you're thinking my goodness what on earth's going on here? It's absolutely horrible to, to think that somebody in the crowd thinks that throwing a, a coin onto a pitch potentially blinding people that, uh, that that was anywhere approaching reasonable or excusable is just it's, it's beggar's belief that that kind of thing could happen um, and although it was it was a terrible terrible incident I think overall Jude Dallas did okay out of it because he could do no wrong from then on 
but it's it's a horrible thing to think back on. It really is. He was treated for quite a bit of time. Obviously, Des, you know, they had to sort that out. It was he was quite dazed, I'm sure, as well. As shocked at the time. And then, of course, as, as luck would have it, or fate would have it, a couple of minutes after the game restarted, Hugh awards a penalty for Rangers to make them two up in the game. And poor old Paul Lambert lost about three teeth, I think, when he went in challenging in George Alberts at the time, which didn't help. I think the, the Hugh getting struck by a coin, as we've just mentioned there, there's idiots in both sides, so it's unacceptable and it's and it's unexpected as well. I mean, have all your tribalism as you want. I think Hugh coming back onto the field of play and then awarding a penalty. I know people say, oh, that's strong refereeing. No, it's correct refereeing. It, the most important decision, if you get a mistake, which every referee will make a mistake, and old firm games are probably highlighted more than most, but the most important decision you've got to make is the next one. Steve said Hugh did go on and make a make a strong career for himself after it and I think he was known all around the world for it. That shot him to fame with referees can be famous, so to speak. But yeah, it was strong refereeing, but it was correct refereeing and it showed that Hugh wasn't going to allow one idiot to, to, to spoil the game for the vast majority now. These guys are going to going to turn up anywhere. But thankfully the, the vast majority of Old Firm fans see the game for what it is, a bit of tribalism and go to your work the next day. And it wasn't finished there, Steve, because uh, Vidal Reset sent off later in the game for Celtic and even Rod Wallace, a, a mild-mannered young Englishman, uh, gets sent off as well for getting involved near the corner flag, I seem to recall. Yeah, it's an indication of just how much everybody dandles up in a game like that. It certainly was, was back then. You, can, you, you, know, you can't explain it to people until you're, you're right there uh, in the middle of it. So, yeah, mild-mannered, wouldn't say boo to goose. You damn well did that, did <laughs> To top it all off, I think most of the Celtic fans had gone, but maybe not all of them. The Rangers players performed this mock huddle uh, right in front of the dugouts, and that went down well, Des, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, listen, see if you're going to if you're going to give it, you've got to really take it as well, haven't you? So, yeah, it was probably a little bit cheeky, a little bit, a little bit naughty, but. Um, could you say that Celtic wouldn't have done something similar? I mean, when Celtic won the league, Neil Lennon getting up to the getting up to the crowd at Celtic Park and punching his fists and winning the league, etc. It's football, it's Scottish football. So if you're if you're if you could, if it's good for one, it's good for the other. And that wasn't quite finished there, um, Steve. Obviously, there was another sort of nefarious activity uh, later when some vandals sort of throwing bricks at uh, Hughes' house and what have you. You don't like to see that sort of stuff either, do you? No, that's that's awful, and it's said idiots will be idiots and it's just not that obviously not anywhere near approaching acceptable but it's, it's just a you know it's, it's a sign of change days that uh, these idiots knew where where Hugh Dallas lived um, and took it upon themselves to go and vandalise his, his house and again potentially cause harm to anybody that's, that's in there so you, you have to you do have to caution anything that you say with the thought that people know where where we live these days and it's you know that that doesn't that doesn't sit comfortable with a lot of people, and you've you've just seen the potential consequences of it. Like you said, though, it uh, it sparked a, a very successful career for him, or or enhanced his career at that time. Stephen, my my goodness, he went to World Cups and what have you, and became a, a very big referee, didn't he? Oh yeah, he did, well, World Cup final, so he became one of the biggest uh, in the uh, in, in the world, probably one of the biggest of all time. Um, but again, it shows you change days because I don't think that. If that were to happen, God forbid, if that happens at the weekend, the ref won't be allowed to continue um, because he did. He was clearly concussed, so the ref would be uh, substituted in, uh, for that instance. So, yeah, again, an indication of change days. 
Listen, fast forward three years, and uh, I think he's your one of your favourite referees. Kenny Clark was in charge of uh, of, a, of a, a game at Celtic Park, which really shouldn't have uh, had too much significance because I think Celtic already had won the title. There was one; it was one-one. Games got into the final minute. A corner on the left-hand side, Alan Thompson swings the ball over and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> you remember seeing that incident with John Hartson, Johan Mielby and Fernando Rickson? Just those names that you've rhymed off. We don't have equivalents of these guys anymore. You know, obviously at that stage of the game, it's not adrenaline anymore. It's, it's bloody-mindedness. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it just went mental. That, that can happen uh, at any time, but there's, there's no inconsequential game for these. The league's already won, but uh, in that instance, you want to rub your opponent's nose in it. So it's, uh, you know, you, you, you can't win. I think that's exactly what it was. It was the old-fashioned, we've won, I don't want to use any profanities. <laughs> it was like, yeah, rub, rubbing your nose in it and, and being being smarmy. And yeah, and also the, those types of players were big, big characters. Hartson, Mialbe, Thompson, Rickson, there's not going to be any backing down on either side of it. In fact, we're Rickson and Thompson, not neighbours, and there's a firework incident as well. Oh yeah. So that's that's off the pitch. So some say he was a firework on the pitch. <laughs> he sure was. Um, he was a, but he was a very very strong, and a very good player. I think that's often overlooked. Rickson was a very very good player. I remember being involved. Rangers played Zenit when he had been across, and mm. they came back. And being up close to him, I actually appreciated him even more of what he could actually do. Uh, he was a great player, but yeah, characters that I don't see that in either Celtic or Rangers team now, particularly with Scott Brown not there as well when he was winding up El Hadj's Juf. Don't really see Callum McGregor operating in that kind of that kind of manner or, or Ryan Jack. I think it will be uh, very very hard challenges, but uh, I don't think the characters are there anymore. Uh, some of us would say, Steve, that more's the pity, but uh, <laughs> we'd like to see a bit of fireworks in there. But you're right. I mean, these guys, uh, and Alan Thompson, he was involved in a number of meaty incidents over the years with Celtic, wasn't he? And Chris Sutton too. And uh, these, like you say, the game's changed a bit. Yeah, it is. It is and I don't think that you'll get the equivalence of that incident. Obviously, tempting fate, and that'll come back and bite me in the bum. But you, you, you don't get that uh, anymore And that's debatable whether it's good, whether it's bad, but you certainly got your money's worth. Um, but it's uh, it, it is, it's just uh, changed days. Des used, uh, Des used the word sanitised. And, and I think for, probably for the better, um, but I, they were certainly much more entertaining back then, I think. <laughs> all, the, all those kind of events are great for people watching in the stand and watching in, the t- and watching in TV and for newspapers the next morning. But I can guarantee you, it's not like that for the referee for the 90 minutes when he's trying to keep control of a boiling kettle. I've got to say, actually, um, Steve, the way Kenny uh, managed to pick everybody out who was at fault, because uh, it, <laughs> it was like a mass brawl in the penalty area inside the net almost. Amoruso involved there, Bob Malcolm, uh, I think Stefan Claus was lying in a heap. But uh, he's, he managed to pick out the, the major culprits and, and dismiss them all. Oh, absolutely. And, and I've said on here before, that, uh, yes, I, that's no chance that no. Kenny was the best ref I ever, uh, I ever worked with, um, way beyond anything I was ever capable of. So God knows how he managed to, to see everybody. He, um, he must have had eyes in the back of his head. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, fair play to him. That, you, you weren't surprised with it, uh, how well Kenny could handle a game. But thank God that, that wasn't me in the middle. Absolutely. I agree with Steve. I think Kenny Clark was, even at the time of Hugh, when I know Hugh was sort of flying through the stratosphere, I think Kenny Clark was by far our best referee. He was just so composed. Um, I got a little bit of unofficial coaching from him when I was coming through at Cagri too and he would spend time, he would come to games 
everything he'd done, he'd just done it so easily. And he was very, very rarely involved in anything controversial. When, when he was taking control of a game, it was like a, the iron fist in a velvet glove. Um, it was it was, a, it was remarkable. I thought Kenny was by far our best referee that I've certainly seen within Scottish football. He's got a bit of a lacon- laconic sense. Oh, sorry. He's got a no, bit I was of- just saying, no, he's mild ahead, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I was going to say, he's got a bit of a laconic sense of humour as well, Steve. I've, uh, <laughs> he's got a bit of wit about him. Uh, oh, absolutely. And uh, I would love the look on uh, their faces if you were to suggest uh, to any of the, a lot of the players that uh, he was laconic. Um, I, I think he was just, uh, he, he was fantastic how he handled himself. Um, and even when he did, on occasion, make a mistake, he, he wasn't scared to hold his hands up and say, yep, called it wrong, you know, just get on with it. Um, and I, I was lucky enough to do games abroad with him, and he was the same over there as well. Um, and I, I remember in one particular game, um, it was a relative howler that he made, and because you're mic'd up, I heard him saying, look, it was a catastrophe, what what can you do? And that just takes the wind out of everybody's sails, you know, what can you do? Like, <laughs> just crack on. Exactly, exactly. Um, and that leads us to 2011 and, uh, well, the most famous uh, touchline incident of recent years that sparked a goddamn government inquiry, would you believe? I mean, just when you think back on it now, it's utterly incredible, Des, isn't it? That's ridiculous. Two, two, two grown men. Now, I, I, I know Ali McCoy and his son um, play together. My son play together and I see him quite often. He's never, ever said what, what was said. He's never mentioned it, but what he did say was, and I think you used the word, it, it was nonsense. It was absolute nonsense. It was getting overbroiled. Why would an incident in a football match cause government to, to hold a, an investigation? And I'm sure they've done a lot of press conference on it with, with George Salmon sitting at the top of the table. Now, come on, that's just... Alex Salmon. Alex Salmon, sorry. That's just taking things things beyond it. Uh, it was an incident. It was a stramash. It was done and dusted. And apparently both of them were, were fine. Ten minutes later, they were sat in, sat in the manager's office having a bottle of beer. Absolute chaos, wasn't it, Steve? I mean, uh, the overreaction of the, author- of the authorities. Well, not the football authorities, as Des says, which which is crazy, isn't it? That's our madness, yeah. I mean, the incident was mad. You know, it's, it's one of those things. And the fact that they squared up to each other had a bit of a go and then were pulled apart and separated. How many times do you see that on, on a pitch? It was a total <laughs> overreaction. The two of them overreacted as well, obviously. Yeah. They behaved like a couple of But yeah, it was just, oh, it was just nuts what happened afterwards. It was a it was a big night, obviously a, a replay. You know, the first game had finished two two. I think Scott Brown got a late equaliser for Celtic to to take it into that second game. Uh, and and, uh, and Stephen Whitaker was sent off. Madhu Bugera was sent off. Uh, and amongst it all, Mark Wilson scored a, a bit of a sclaffy goal. I mean, nobody remembers him. <laughs> no, no, that's 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 how much everything else overshadowed uh, in, in that game. Um, but hey, it's an old firm; anything can happen, and often does. Exactly. I think I think Juve was uh, sent off subsequently. I think after the final whistle, Steve. So three reds for Rangers out of the cup. Touchline burst burst up, and uh, the government are involved. Uh, it doesn't get much more meaty than that. For, for the better I think you tend not to see that uh, very often but we were talking about the players being involved but when you've got McCoy and Lennon on the touchline <laughs> that's always that just prime for uh, for things happening on, on the touchline um, but yeah no, nobody remembers anything that happened in that game all they remember is they two squaring up to each other and like you say, you probably can't imagine uh, Ange Postacoglu and Giovanni Van Bronckhorst charging at each other in the same fashion uh, no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one more dancer there. Yeah, they're, like you say, they're calm guys, aren't they? They seem to be fairly controlled, guys, don't they, when they're on the touchline? Yeah, I mean, 
also I'm not involved anymore but watching as a as a football fan yeah they they, they, they coach their team they talk to their own team points they shake hands after the game they look pretty much reserved but I'm sure behind closed doors they'll get their message across and, that, and that's why they're top managers and that's why they're in these positions um, but no I can't imagine the two of them button heads at the weekend well let's hope it's a, an open and friendly game and uh, we'll dissect every single moment of it when we come back next time on Get Involved Referee.